Hi, my friends, and welcome to From Here to There. In this podcast, I'm going to be sharing about the lives of many people throughout history and people alive today that God has worked through in order to bring increase and influence of His kingdom here on earth. But in this first series, I'm really looking forward to sharing with you my story, how God was able to take me from powerless to powerful and from the nest to the nations. I really believe that as you listen, God is going to give you keys to moving forward toward your God destiny. So let's get started with this week's message. Our podcast today is called Our Running Mates, Who's Running With You? You know, God has not created us to do life alone. I love the fact that even He Himself is not alone. He has Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And the three of them together were involved in creating the world and all that is in it. And so as members of the body of Christ, our journey, our life journey, is connected to the life journeys of others. In our lives, some relationships are just for a time, and while others will last our whole life. But the people in your life have a lot to do with your destiny. And you are not just here for yourself alone, but the things that God has put in you, the gifts and the calling, are to influence and to benefit others. So we'll be looking at that today. A couple of years ago, I was in Nepal at our Bible school, and I was thinking about the people that God had brought to help me. I was thinking in particular about Seth and Shelley, a couple from our home church that were there assisting, and I was thinking about Mukesh and Amrita, our national directors there in Nepal, and I was so blessed by them and their heart for the work we were doing. I was saying, Lord, it's just amazing. Did you look all over the whole world to find people that exactly have my calling and bring them to me? And that's when the thought came into my mind that I believe God was inspiring me with. He said, your personal limits are not so much determined by your call as by your relationships. And so that kind of floored me for a minute, and I began to think, not by my calling, because I teach all the time about calling and how God's put gifts in you that are specific for your calling. So it was new for me to think that my personal limits were not as much determined by the call as by the relationships in my life. So as you should do when, when you get something from the Holy Spirit, I asked the Lord, Show me chapter and verse for that. And what came to my mind was Romans 1, 11 and 12. Paul is writing it and he says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith of both you and me. So I did some word studies in this and Paul said, I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. That word impart meant to share, and the spiritual gift is the word charis or grace. So I long to see you that I may share with you a grace so that you may be established. The word established was defined as set in a particular direction. And so clearly, this was verifying what the Lord told me. Verse 12 says that we may be encouraged together. And so, you know, the purposes of God in your relationships, is not one way. It's that they came to help me. And in coming to help me, they received of the grace that God had given me 
which again, I'm not saying was my own because I got the grace from others that had poured their lives into me. And so they came to help and assist and put their hand to the work. The grace on me came upon them, but it wasn't just to benefit them. It also benefits me because right now, Seth and Shelley are in Croatia running a Bible school and Makesh and Amrita are in Nepal running the Bible school. And so our ministry and our life purpose expanded because of our mutual relationship. The Amplified of Romans 1, 11 and 12, Paul wrote, I am yearning to see you that I may impart and share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. That is that we may be mutually strengthened and encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And so last week we were talking about calling and how all are called and how we make choices in order to pursue that calling. Decisions determine direction and direction determines destiny. Some of the choices we talked about last week were letting God remove rocks, hard places in our heart and taking the time and the effort to remove the distractions and the cares those weeds and thorns that choke the word out of our life. And so we present ourselves, as Romans 12 said to him, as living sacrifices, we yield our lives. And that part of that means releasing our own ideas and our own plans. You know, when we release our plans to God, he will refine them, sometimes revise them, sometimes give us a whole new plan, but the plan that God gives will always be the best plan for you. And, you know, the Bible says in John 1 that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus became the word in the flesh. I just want to submit to you that the word of God is still becoming flesh in our lives as we submit our lives to the will of God and aim to be obedient to his purpose. Romans 12, again in verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So I shared a lot about that in my last podcast on Seeds of Destiny, but I'll pick up here as we talk about divine relationships, who's running with you. When I lost my husband to a heart attack and had five children, two sons in college, two, three at home, one was a preschooler and two in school, I, of course, first panicked how are we going to live or how are we even going to stay alive? Because I had no education. I had no real job skills. And so I began to formulate my own ideas of how I could survive. I was a good musician and I had some music background. So one of my ideas was to go live uh, in another city with a friend of mine who had offered and go to college and get a degree in music. And so I thought that would sounded like a really good idea, but something in my heart was not quite clear on that or set on that. In waiting on the Lord, and I could do a whole teaching on waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord is not just drumming your fingers on the table or twiddling your thumbs. Waiting on the Lord is actively 
seeking him and also listening and believing the things that he shows us in his word. In Jeremiah 29, 11, he showed me, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And so in meditating on the word, that changes our thinking. In Romans 12, it said we're transformed. That word literally in the Greek is metamorphosized. We are changed. We are rearranged. Our thinking is rearranged so that we can conceive and believe God's greater plan. And so God wants to put those greater things in your heart, and it does sometimes involve waiting on the Lord or praying about things that you have in your heart and asking him for his yes or his no on that rather than just moving ahead in the flesh the way the world would. Well, besides our willingness to yield and follow what God puts in our heart, the next important element, which we'll talk about today, is our relationships, who you're running with. Because when I lost my husband, I was involved in a local church. I had a support system. You know, today they talk a lot about having a tribe, people that can run with you, and about community. And this is so very true in the kingdom of God, that we are not created to be an island or a a lone ranger, as they say. But we need to have a tribe. We need a barcada. That's a Philippine word that means a team, a gang. And it's not good for us to be alone. The Bible says it's not good for man to be alone. That's why he created woman. And it's not good for any of us to be alone. Who you are running with will have great effect on your destiny. So first I want to look at Mary, the mother of Jesus. She was just a young girl. Most Bible theologians say she was 14 or 15 years old, engaged to be married. And she has this sudden angel encounter. And I like to think like, Sometimes we read the Bible and we just think it's sort of formal scripture, but just think about what you would do if you were a 14-year-old girl and suddenly an angel appeared to you and told you that you were going to have a child that would be the son of the Most High. And Mary did respond with a question. She said, how can this be? Because I haven't been with a husband. And the answer in Luke one thirty-five. The angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. And therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Then in verse 36 of Luke 1, now indeed, the angel said, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Isn't that awesome? The angel, first of all, is encouraging Mary that, you know, you're not the only one believing for a miracle or how can this be? I have proof for you how it can be. Your older relative, Elizabeth, who's been barren, is now six months with child. And, you know, I also think about Mary and the time that she lived in. Israel was waiting for the Messiah. And Mary was chosen to bear the Messiah because she was from, obviously, a family that was seeking God and studying the scripture. And so I believe that Mary knew the Messiah was expected. And 
part of hearing and hearing the Messiah's coming, the Messiah's coming was part of what brought faith to her heart to say, yes, I believe and I receive that word of God. And Mary literally conceived the word of God. But you know, guys, we do the same thing today. We may not be carrying the son of God, but we are carrying the dreams of God. And we too have to hear and believe and receive and conceive the things that God has planned for us. So other people may have thought if she had told them that she was crazy and had this crazy vision, or maybe even that she had done something immoral and she was being dishonest and trying to cover it up. So who would she talk to? Who would believe her? She decided to go to Elizabeth, the one the angel mentioned, and Elizabeth would be the one who would encourage her. And yes, Elizabeth did. She prophesied over Mary the minute Mary walked in the door and confirmed what the angel had told her. And God also helped with Joseph, Mary's betrothed husband, because how would Mary explain this to him? Well, she did tell him, and you know, Joseph was such a good man also that he had already decided he would not embarrass her or humiliate her. He would secretly divorce her. And yet the custom for the day, as we know from the Gospels, was stoning. If a woman was caught in adultery, she would be stoned to death. And so Joseph was a good man who wanted to protect Mary, even if he thought she had been unfaithful. But God gave him a dream, and God showed him in the dream that Mary was telling the truth, and that Joseph had a very important call and destiny to be the earthly father of the Son of God. So in the same way, God's going to give you people to believe with you and help you towards your destiny. I'm wondering if you have those kind of people in your life. Let's think again about Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph, who was one of 12 sons, Joseph, who had clear dreams that God wanted to elevate him and God wanted to put him in a position. And Joseph told his dreams to his brothers, and he told his dreams to his family. And it didn't go well for Joseph because of that. He ended up being thrown in a pit and sold into slavery. And his entire life was one of being betrayed by people that he confided in. You know, I'm not convinced that all of those things that happened to Joseph were the will of God. But I do know that God was able to work in everything that happened to get Joseph to the position that God had ordained for him to be, to make a provision for the children of Israel through the time of famine and drought. Joseph had particular gifts and graces that God would use to elevate a nation. And no matter whether he was in the pit, whether he was a slave in Potiphar's house, whether he was thrown in prison— God never stopped working in Joseph and working through Joseph to bring him to his divine place that God had ordained for him. So this is good news for us. I'm sure that every single one of us have made mistakes. I know I have. And yet God doesn't disqualify us because of our mistakes. He is waiting for us to repent and readjust and so that he can set us back on the path. I also think about Joseph's father, Jacob. They say in the Bible that Joseph was the favorite son, which was one reason why his brothers were so jealous of him. And just think of Joseph, who got the report that your son has been killed by wild animals, and Jacob thinking that all of his dreams were lost. 
And finally, after years and years, he's reunited with his son. His dreams are revived, and he has the privilege of laying his hands on his grandsons, the sons of Joseph, and blessing them, speaking a blessing upon them. So God's plan is not just about you, but it's connected to generations. And it doesn't even matter if you have natural children. You can have spiritual children. I know in my life I have five children, 11 grandchildren right now, but I have multiple, numerous spiritual children, people that God's brought into my life for me to help them grow and give pour what I have into them. And so God is thinking generationally. He's not just thinking about you. He's thinking about the people that your life will affect. I am just so thankful that I had strong friends around me at the time of decision. I don't know if I would have ended up where I am now without them. I had friends to pray with me. I had a pastor in my life to teach me and lead me. And so many Christians yet have removed themselves from the body of Christ and are doing life alone. And that is just lack for them. Listen, if you're doing life alone, that's not the will of God for you. And I'll tell you what, people are not perfect. We know that for sure. You can be hurt by people. You can be disappointed by people. But God wants you to think higher of that and think that there are people who are going to build you and there are people for you to build. The church of Jesus is not just a meeting. It's not just a place that you go on Sunday or on Saturday if you're in Nepal. But the church of Jesus is a kingdom movement. The church is a living, growing organism. I mean, it's living organism, not just an organization. And the church is moving and growing as the gospel is shared in nations and as people make a decisive dedication of their life and say, Lord, here I am. You become part of the body of Christ when you give your life to Jesus. And you're not just a member on your own, but you're part of something greater. And the church is moving forward. Listen, this is the most exciting day in church history that we get to be a part of. And it matters if you're there and a part. I remember running into a young man once that was a friend of my son's. And he had been going to our church. And I said, well, I haven't seen you in church for a while. And he said, yeah, well, you know, my wife's dad is a pastor. And, you know, I get plenty of word at home. And I don't really feel like I need to go. And I remember saying to him, well, have you ever thought that maybe you don't just go to church to receive something? But maybe you actually have something to give. Maybe there are other people who actually need you to show up and bring what you have. There is a synergy. There is a community spirituality that works, a corporate anointing, we call it, when we are together. And, you know, even though in these pandemic days we can receive the word online and God can work online. We've seen that in our Bible schools. But I'm telling you what, there's something about the gathering. There is something about being with people, physically with people, that has tremendous power. And so I want to encourage you, who are you running with? There is a process in your life that God wants to develop. God wants to work something in you so that he can work greater things through you. And one of the best ways God works in you is by putting you together with people. 
people that can grade on your character, people that you can get discouraged with or angry. This is part of the process of God working love in our character and unifying us so that we can fulfill the full purpose of God. So let's think about who we're running with. Let's think about who we have run with. And I want you to think about who has imparted into your life and who God's brought for you to impart into. My pastor in the Philippines, Pastor Paul Chase, has this saying. He says, you honor those who have gone before you, you celebrate those who are running with you, and you encourage those who are coming behind you. That's the generational transfer that God intends for us. So takeaways from today. Number one, your destiny is connected to the people you run with. Number two, God will give you people to strengthen you and encourage you in your walk and in your call and in your destiny. If you don't have people like that in your life, ask the Lord and he will bring them to you. And number three, spiritually, there are places to go and things to do. So join yourself to the body of Christ and join yourself to God's greater purpose. I pray that this has helped you today to see that it's important who you're running with. Lord, I thank you that you have ordered our steps. I thank you, Lord, that you desire to bring people into our lives that can sharpen us, that can encourage us, that can help to build the God purposes that you have for us. So help us, Lord. And as we have listened to this teaching today, I pray that you would help each one to recognize the key people that you've brought into their lives to impart and to encourage and strengthen them. And I pray that you'd help us to know that those who are around us, that you've placed around us as anchors for us, as accountability partners, I pray that we recognize, Lord, and seek out those that are following behind us, those that you've called us to touch and to teach and to love and to reach. And so we're thankful for our God relationships, and we ask you, Lord, to make us sensitive to them and help us to be the builders that you've called us to be. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Talk to you next week. Thanks for listening today. I pray you were blessed and encouraged. One of my life scriptures is Hebrews 11.1 in the Jordan translation. It says, Now faith is the turning of dreams into deeds. It is betting your life on unseen realities. In Jesus Christ, you have what it takes to step into all God has prepared for you. If this episode's blessed you, please share it with someone else. I look forward to meeting with you again next week.